Hi, and welcome to SheQuest Podcast, a radio show that will help you not only claim your awareness around the concept of power, body, beauty, voice, and the arts of your life, but truly embody it. I'm your host, Estelle Thompson. You are here to widen your lens on the unfiltered and uncurated conversation we have in my SheQuest membership program. And best yet, you'll get real life, tangible tools to stay real and true to you. Each season, we will interview incredible, knowledgeable guests and you'll educate and uplift as we strive to live whole and not perfect. Welcome. Hi, SheQuest. Welcome to the show. Today, we explore and dive deep in the magic. Yes, I said the magic of grief and and truly, it's it's a constant line here at SheQuest Podcast to talk about grief because I believe grief work really is soul work. Um, my guest today educates us on how building a relationship with grief can truly empower your relationship with yourself and your life. I wanted this episode to be a flashlight into the holistic and soulful world of women's bodies in relation to processing grief. How can we embrace death with our whole hearts and stay present in our bodies through grief? How can we heal and unite with the softness of our bodies that hold our traumas, grief stories, and hurts? How can we carry what we have in our hearts with grace and ease? Today, uh, talking to us from the land down under, my friend and yoga teacher, Sheila Ferguson, has been weaving her way through Australia's yoga community for the past decade since leaving her home in Halifax. With her teachings rooted in Anusara lineage, she teaches a strong focus uh, class, uh, focus on alignment and expansion. Her classes are powerful yet accessible, and one I really, really, really want to attend one day. Sheila's teachings are inspired from the great outdoors, her relationships, grief, and most recently, motherhood. She lives and teaches from a place of compassion, and it is her greatest hope that her offerings highlight the divine in all bodies, experiences, and challenges that life has to offer. And on a personal note, (laughs) I met Sheila first at the Cowbay Hall where she visited, she was visiting her family, and a mutual friend of ours dragged her to my classes And it was love at first breath. (laughs) And Sheila feels like a yoga sister, kindred always. Hi. Hi. Hi, beautiful. So happy to be talking with you today. It's been a while. (laughs) It's been a a while, I know. And it is night for you. It is morning for me. But we're just going to rock and roll this. Um, (laughs) The first question I always ask, my guess is because at Tweakrest we are striving to live aware, bold, and whole. I want I'm asking you what makes you feel alive today? 
being outside. <laughs> I'm outside right now, actually. But today, yeah, I've been a little bit unwell the past couple of days. So getting out, I actually did some sun soaking today, went for a walk in the noontime sun, which is a bit of a no-no over here. But yeah, <laughs> just got nice and warm and sweaty. And now it's really cool and breezy out, which is nice. Oh my goodness. And I know I've read your bio and everything, but I I would love before we dive in our subject, um, like tell us about yourself. Tell us how you ended up in Australia so far. <laughs> <laughs> and at She Quest, we call it like my she story, you know, like who you are professionally, personally, and just with the subject, you know, with your grief story as well and anything you'd like to share in relation to our the, our grief subject today. Okay. We'd love to hear it. We want to get to know you. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I've been in Australia for 12 years. I just, I can't even remember the date that I landed here. It was September something. So I've just had like my anniversary has just gone by. And I came here in a different relationship than the one that I'm in now. <laughs> and It's been a wild ride. When I came here, I oh, didn't really know what I was going to do for work. And like, I guess I came with the intention to stay. There was something that had struck me even before I left Halifax. I didn't like, I was only dabbling in yoga then, like just going to like the good life. <laughs> But there was something, I had been a bartender in Halifax and I was pretty like party, party, <laughs> fast paced living. And there, I just kind of felt like that wasn't the natural me, <laughs> not surprisingly. <laughs> and yeah, I was kind of struck by yoga a little bit, but got into it some more um, when I moved here, actually with my ex's mom <laughs> and Then Lululemon was actually coming to Australia. Um, <laughs> and I, they were opening a store in Brisbane where I live. And I was like, I'm going to work there. I want to have like my own friends. I want to, you know, kind of get into this yoga life a little bit more. And I got a job when they opened the store here. And I started like just as a casual for a couple of months, but really quickly was promoted into a store management role. And, um, I worked with Lululemon for like six years here and like opened stores all over the state that I live in. And in working for Lululemon, as I'm sure, you know, they always go around, you know, you, they get out in the community and they're going to everyone's classes. And so I was like on the hunt for my person, like for my mentor, <laughs> for my teacher. And I found her, I think you're maybe familiar with her, Julie Smearden, who owns Shri Yoga. Um, here in Brisbane. And yeah, as soon as I met Julie, she's American and she had just moved here as well. And she was wanting to create community. And um, yeah, once I started practicing with her, I kind of never looked back. And um, it's funny, like I started doing my yoga teacher training, like really without that much long-term devoted yoga practice, because Julie was really wanting to grow the Anusara community here in Australia. Um, and so she offered a training and I started to do it. And it was over the course of a year. And towards the end of the year in October, so this was eight years ago now, 
So in October, uh, my father died suddenly, and I can get into that a little bit more later, perhaps. But <laughs> so I had to leave here and come back to Halifax and um, kind of enter that twilight zone of, you know, what was going on there when I was so removed from it here. And um, then when I came back, so I was at home for about a month, um, but I had a job here, I had a partner here, I had, you know, like a life here. So I came back to Brisbane and shortly after I came back, my relationship ended and <laughs> I was trying to complete my teacher training. And yeah, I don't know, yoga became like, I mean, it just became completely different for me. Obviously, it was a really kind of tumultuous time in my life. And I mean, for years to come, really. And yoga and Sri, the studio of Sri and Julie and that community that we had kind of became like my saving grace, even though if I'm honest, I didn't really practice that much for quite some time. I really struggled to, to do asana and to, yeah, I really struggled to show up for a little while, but I completed my training <laughs> somehow. And like a year or so later, decided to leave Lululemon for, you know, a number of reasons and dive into the world of teaching. And I was still totally processing a lot of stuff unbeknownst to me at the time. And I was like, you know, trying to show up for people and trying to understand what I was feeling. And yeah, it's, it, it was a crazy, crazy time. I didn't feel very grounded, but I got a lot of experience under my belt and I've kind of never looked back. I've been teaching yoga. Well, I don't teach full time now because I have Sunny, but um, yeah, I've, I've just haven't had another job since. And it's only really mm. like, if I'm honest, I haven't spoken very much like in the, you know, in a classroom setting or anything about, my experience with grief. I have a little bit um, when the time is appropriate, but it's really been, I feel like it, it must, like you have been like a pivotal thing, <laughs> pivotal presence in my experience to kind of understand what, what was happening for me over the past however many years. So thank you for that. But thank you for like sharing your story and being so open and like I love just how you took us from you know the very beginning and I love listening to you and in all your journey is and so simple and yet so striking <laughs> you know all that once and I'm wondering like I've been reflecting a lot on my own practice and like I feel when I first started dabbling in yoga or like doing my practice or seeking out my teachers like my practice was like really regimented almost mm. like it was like a right and wrong way to do things and um like I feel when your dad passed away perhaps you realize like oh like yoga is like not what I thought it was yeah <laughs> it was like <laughs> you know like 
more then it became like almost like more messy anyways I feel like that within my own story you know Mm. where it's like oh my practice can be more fluid and just more free flow which I Mm. really see your practice as (laughs) such can you relate in in a way to that or have you ever like even yeah about that yeah um I so the pra- like the Anusara practice itself is not like a vinyasa kind of, you know, fluid movement style, but it is really expansive and like it's known for being really kind of heart opening. Um, and it comes from a, comes from a tantric um, yoga philosophy. So like obviously you're familiar with the difference between classical and tantric, but for anybody who isn't, tantric yoga philosophy is just kind of um, – to put it simply, not about, not about beating down the body to, to, um, you know, to find enlightenment that our bodies at this life is enlightenment. And it's about kind of dancing with the divine while we are here. And I, you know, I learned all of this in my first teacher training. I'm pretty sure I felt that like philosophy was going in one ear and out the other, even though I wanted to hang on to like every single word, but um, it was really after, after my dad died and after I, like when I really stepped back into practice as well, that I started like that yoga became more than just like doing things and became more than just, um, the physical practice. It's like, I started to understand this pulsation, this spanda and like, like I, I'm not really sure why but it's like I started to understand all of the philosophy that I had been taught and then I actually went back and resat my same training again like three years later and when we were going through the philosophy I was like oh my god like I, I know this and I didn't think that I had absorbed it or that I you know remembered it but I was like I I like know this in my cells this is what I've been experiencing with my father's death and the years to follow, I was having like experiencing a lot of like full on anxiety and like with really physical symptoms. And, um, I was, yeah, not very grounded. And I was, I was like, I did seek out healing and, and help and support. And I had one healer in particular who I had, who Lululemon actually at the time, like gifted me sessions with her. And we like still have an ongoing relationship. And she, she kind of, I guess, showed me that, you know, meditating for me really needed to be like having my feet on the floor and kind of like putting a lid on it because I was just like, you know, kind of off with the cosmos. Like I was, and I was really, I don't really know how else to describe it, but I was really kind of freaking myself out. I was like having all kinds of, it, it was almost like when my father died that for the first time I kind of started to experience that the people who are gone and the things that are finished are not separate from what is here. And so that kind of, like what is still here physically. And so in the, in regards to like an asana practice, like the breath and the pulsation started to kind of like really come alive instead of just, you know, cutting shapes. (laughs) 
so beautiful, Sheila. And there's a couple of things that you said I want to go back on. Yeah. This is one of my, you know, I love to say, and perhaps you've heard me say this before, but <laughs> like just how I think I never gave up on yoga because the, 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 the asana practice is really ever evolving for mm. me, you know, and the study, like, you know, the, the philosophy too. It's like sometimes I've read a something <laughs> like a sutra or something and like I reread it, you know, years after and I'm like, oh my God, like mm. I, I get it. But I like, it's like, I get it differently. Like it lands deeper in me, like in ways mm. that like I, I've had more experience of like, or like I've matured or something. And then it's like, oh my God, like I, I really get it. And I find like, if I, <laughs> If I look back at, you know, 15 years ago, I would have been like, like, oh, yeah, like I get everything, you know? Yes, totally. <laughs> you know, I know oh, it yeah, all. Like, I get everything. <laughs> and I, I, like, I love that you've sat your training again. Mm. Like, that's a statement of what, like, we could literally do yoga training, the same yoga trainings, like every three years totally. and get something out of it. Do you think so? <laughs> yeah. And I, like, I sat it again. It was actually, like it was through my teacher's recommendation, not because she felt like I needed to, but just like for my own nourishment, you know, I was going through a lot and I was super busy and I was kind of like burning the candle at both ends and I didn't have the money to like travel and, you know, train with other people. And she was like, just come, like, come do this again. And I then later on went on to assist her a couple of years later through the training and there was still stuff that I picked up. Um, yeah, because, you know, I, <laughs> Julie always says like, you're the only one who's going to get sick of your own voice. Like, you know, when we teach, we can say like the same cues for whatever, like warrior two, like over and over again, but like not everybody hears it every single time we say it. And sometimes you'll say something and it just clicks for people. And it's the same with us because teachers are, maybe not the best students, but they, <laughs> we should be the best students. <laughs> For those of you who know me, know that I am obsessed with flowers, but also essential oils. I was flipping out so excited when I came aware of Lightwater Essential Oil Blend Company right here in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. The bottle is so pretty and there's so many ways to use each blend. From the energetics of chakra work, meditation or daily uses in headache relief, deeper sleep support or to tap into a creative space. There's so much to explore and a blend for everyone. My current faves are the Create and Power Blend, but my house will definitely smell a winter woods during the holidays. Light Water is offering the SheQuest community a whopping 20% discount on all regular price items. Go to Instagram or the website lightwatereo.ca, that's lightwatereo.ca, and use She at checkout for a 20% discount. Again, that's capital C H E to explore these blends yourself. Happy holidays. I don't know why people think that, that teachers <laughs> are the best students because I think we're the worst students and that's why we're yeah. teachers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
Oh, I love, I love that word, uh, Spanda. Mm. And, and perhaps you can speak uh, of us, of perhaps that definition, but also that's something else that I see when I, I look at you practicing yoga. I've, I've witnessed your practice. It's just so, I can see the Spanda when you practice, you know, Sheila, you're just so embodied. And I'm wondering if you've ever connected that in, like with your healing and grief? <laughs> Look, I'll be honest. When I, when I was in the thick of it, like it was not graceful <laughs> to not. And like, I'm sure yeah. you can attest to that. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't feel like grace. It feels like a fucking disaster. Like that, you know, you're just falling apart at the seams or like, yeah, flying off with the fairies or something. Yeah. And but now I kind of, so spanda, for those <laughs> who don't know the word, spanda means pulsation. And pulsation is an energy that needs to move between two points. There needs, there needs to be two poles for there to be movement. And so spanda is the journey back and forth between two points. And everything, everything is a pulsation. Some of like, you know, a breath is a pulsation like a year is a pulsation, a 24-hour cycle, a moon cycle. And so essentially, I guess, just starting to, and I, you know, I'm still working through it. I still um, ride the waves of anxiety and um, receive support for that. And that's just it, is kind of like riding the wave. And at the time, it doesn't, it's not easy to be like, oh yeah, I'll just ride the wave. Um <laughs> but it's going to come to an end. Like it started and it's going to stop. And there's, you know, that's one big pulsation. And then there's like many smaller and smaller and smaller within that. So I guess just kind of living by, I mean, even like the life death cycle itself, you know, like as soon as we are born, we're on our way <laughs> to dying, you know what I mean? And so just kind of, I guess presence yeah. is key and it's hard being present when something is challenging or uncomfortable. It's, it's all a part of our cycle and it's all a part of our life. Something that I've realized or come to understand is if you steer away from being present in, in the uncomfortable, then you're not really deepening your capacity for being present in the wonderful. So like, essentially, <laughs> it's like, you know, the more you let yourself actually feel things that need to be felt when they're, when they're horrible, then the more you kind of like are entitled to this kind of euphoria that I see in you, you know, you, <laughs> you are just literally like the brightest. I, so many people would meet you and then to to understand or to, you know, come to find out what you've been through, they'd be like, how can, you know, how can she be like that? Literally, you're visually so light and energetically so light, but it's, I'm sure you were beautiful, um, you know, 20 years ago as well, <laughs> but you've earned it. You've earned your right to shine the way that you do. Mm -hmm. So when you let yourself be like, go down in the depths of the darkness, then you, mm -hmm. um, then you're entitled to that like ultimate light. I could just 
hear you talk all day. Thank you for educating <laughs> us on spanda. I think it's a really it's a it's a word that not a lot of yoga teachers around here. Uh, anyways, I I've done class on spanda before. Um, I think when we when we expand on that word, movement makes so much more sense in a way. Like, mm. <laughs> and you can. I love how do you just say like everything around us, just kind of like prana. Everything is prana when you take a moment to just look at it as, mm. as such, you know, um, the movement of everything. I love what you said as well about like the steering away. Like, I love that you share with us that like, even though you were teaching yoga, you were still bypassing grief, you know? Yeah. Like you didn't feel grounded And like, there you were teaching the very thing that you were trying to master, you know? <laughs> yeah. And like, thank you so much for sharing that because like, true though, because I feel like so many yoga teachers bypass grief, whether it be in their own practice or in, you know, in, in, in teaching like others. Mm. And we have, and even though, like, even though we don't talk about it in the class, like it doesn't need, I Yeah, it doesn't need to be like overtly mm -hmm. like shared. Yeah. Like as long as there's an understanding like with, within, I think it exudes that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I was, we were, so I'm facilitating a teacher training now and we're kind of coming towards the end of it. And the other weekend I was talking about you because I remember, you know, I referred, like I sent one of my students your, your details and stuff just to have a look at SheQuest and, you know, she's got her own, her own loss that she's um, dealing with. So I was talking about you because we were talking about theming and inspiration and whatnot in the last weekend that we were together. And I was saying how, you know, you teach what is real for you. That doesn't mean that you have to like pour your, your like life's experiences out onto a plate and tell everybody every detail. Like for some people that works, like for, you know, this has become your thing. You've also got like psychology behind you and, you know, you've, you know, you've done a lot of work in the grief realm and um, like, I don't share publicly what's, I don't really feel like it's only my story to share. And so I don't share publicly, um, what happened with my father, but I still like, it's still a part of me. And so the knowledge that like, you know, not everyone has to have lost someone tragically to have to experience grief. Like you talk about it all the time that, you know, you, you don't get the life you signed up for. You don't get the job that you wanted. You don't get the house, you know, like there's all kinds of things that we lose or that we miss out on that we have to go through the process of letting go. It doesn't always have to be a tragedy. Right. And I just think that as like being real, but speaking it through through your language for some people that's more you know kind of esoteric and philosophical and for some people that's more like you know dinner table talk and kind of everyday language celebrate your innate talents and radiance with gifts for the creative soul buy me your muse fairy estelle visually magic paper products that are proudly painted in coastal Cowboy, Nova Scotia and printed locally here in Halifax. 
This year, I made my third large wall calendar. It is published independently. Each month is bursting with flowers and butterflies to add a spark of magic to your life. And guess what? The ChicWest Planner is back in full force, helping you plan, journal, exercise your creativity. This book is filled with your favorite she art and words. I swear, this planner is everything to help you live aware, bold, and whole. Both the Magic Garden Calendar and the ChicWest Planner are seasonal products. And once they are gone, they are gone. Order today at www.estellethompson.com paper shop or simply copy paste the link from your show notes. Happy holidays. I feel too like it's taken me so long to even put words, you know, to mm. it. Like I don't think in the midst of the shock or in the midst like you can even put words no. to it. And even, you know, if I look back, you know, like, no, exactly. And then if I look back, you know, even when I practiced and years ago, like I was still exposed to the willingness of experiencing the present moment, even even if I was bypassing, mm-hmm. you know, things, you know, I think that willingness that and and you were too, you know, when you were, you felt like a mess and you were teaching, you still were teaching yoga. Like, I think there's still that willingness there. And that's this little like, entrance that can only get bigger and big and wider and wider to like having these you know the glimpse of true bliss you know um yeah uh, i just i love talking with you so much (laughs) (laughs) what does the term grief when i say grief like what what does it what does it mean for you i think it's just a journey or yeah, a journey that's going to stay with you depending on the depth of the loss that you've experienced. Yeah, I think that it's not, you know, you can't define what it's it's going to feel different for everybody or it's going to show up different for everybody. But I think that it is a journey and it's like whether or not you are willing to go on that journey is how fluidly eventually you'll come out on the other side of it but I don't think that that it ever leaves sometimes I get really because I'm not super emotional when I talk about my father and I you know it's weird I didn't I hadn't lived in Halifax for so long I didn't see him every day you know like he wasn't uh, like we had a great relationship don't get me wrong but I live on the other side of the world so it's not the same as it was for my brother or for my mother for those people who like I'm removed from it like he's gone but I'm not reminded of that every day because I already he already was away from him so it it weirds me out sometimes like how poised I can be when I talk about it like right now I'm probably like you know a little bit like blushy or whatever but I yeah it weirds me out that I don't get more emotional because I used to have like around his birthday or the anniversary of his passing, I used to, well, I still do like acknowledge it and, and do a nice thing on those days. But I used to have to make sure that I didn't have anything to do on those days for fear of like, you know, a, a breakdown. And I wanted to be able to, I wanted to 
for that to be able to happen. And it doesn't feel like that anymore. But I've also, you know, like, I really have, like, I really have gone through it. (laughs) And I really have done a lot of work. I've talked to a lot of people. And interestingly enough, my, so my healer who I told you about a little while ago, her name is Krista Jane. And she said to me once kind of early on, like, maybe you just have like, some people have a more comfortable relationship with death, like whether, like whether you knew that or not than others. And, um, that's not something of course that I knew of myself (laughs) before all of this, but like, I think a lot of people can relate to that. Like, it's almost like it's so much emotion that like, in my personal experience, like sometimes speaking or something, I feel almost like I'm an actor or something yeah. when I speak like about like Tommy or about what I've been through. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so weird. I'm like, shouldn't I like, like not as much anymore, but like, it it means something to me when you said that you like, it freaks me out. I sh- maybe you should feel more, you know? And at the same time, like we all, I don't, I don't know. It's like, there's something there so human, you mm. know? It's, I mean, life goes on and that sounds, it feels insensitive coming out of my mouth for me to say that about, but like my life is going on, like whether I want it to or not, it is. And so I can either let it or I can be held back, you know? And I just think that, so my father, his death was deemed a suicide, which like, I don't want to go into the details of anything, but it was all very kind of surprising and a little bit mysterious. And so that added, you know, this kind of extra, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, this massive extra, what the fuck? The whole idea of like mental health, even though I had no, I had no idea if my father was experiencing mental health problems. Like, it's not something that any of us had any idea about but now the whole idea of mental health is so sensitive to me and I you know in times when I felt like you know I don't want to say in times when I felt suicidal but in times when I felt like I can't do this it's like but you have to like it's not your it's not your choice to make you have to you're here and this is it so you got to do it. Have you heard of the term ambiguous grief? No. Because you've mentioned, you know, your dad's death was kind of mysterious. Mm. Um, and almost like, yeah, there was like, there wasn't, I mean, I'm sure there was some, there was cl- closure, obviously, yeah. but like, it was, the closure wasn't clear. <laughs> yes. Is that what you, is that yeah. am I understanding it, guys? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, and also for you being that you're like so removed, like in a way you probably moved to Australia and I know you were like, you know, so busy and stuff, but there's, it's like losing your life to like in Halifax like that. I'm sure, I'm sure sometimes like, do you miss home sometimes? Oh, I miss home way more now than I did when I first left. Or is Australia home? Um, Sorry, I miss, I mean, I love Australia, (laughs) but I, (laughs) yeah, Australia is home, but I miss Canada and I miss Halifax and I love it 
I'm, I miss it yeah. more and more every time I leave. But um, anyways, I'll, I'll send that to you because ambiguous grief, there's, it's, it's, I mean, all kinds of grief is so complex, but it deals a lot with like, because you, you know, what you, I've heard you say, like, you know, you're so removed mm. and like, yeah, just to, to look into that. And also that you could, I find it fascinating that in a we like, you could go back to Australia and like not mention a thing about it and like nobody would ever know. Mm. And it's not like, a, you know, and then if you, you were in Halifax, like everybody knows here, right? Like it's yeah. a different way to process things when like nobody around you, yeah. you know, know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. That, that you've had to hold it, you know, totally. in a way like, like so much heavier in that, in that way, you know? Yeah. I'll send, I'll send you that 10 bit, but you can even, I mean, you can even just like Google it. Yeah. Yeah. I will. But talk, talk to us. So your father was a, a musician. Yeah. So my father was quite a well-known musician in Halifax. And so when his death was really public, so that was like a whole other thing <laughs> that like a whole other weight that kind of came, um, along yeah. for my family, you know, like, not that there's tabloids and stuff like that in Halifax, but there, there is gossip and there is, you know? Yeah. So it was a weird, a super weird, like even weirder time, I guess, for my family and stuff. And then I just didn't have to, you know, once I left, I just didn't have to deal with all of, all of that stuff anymore. Um, but you did, but you did eventually, I think, process it. And, and I want, I want to know, like, as the years, went on how did you learn to welcome anxiety or welcome the waves of grief in your your body and you can talk to us about your yoga practice mm. but you can talk about anything that really has helped to you know just be present with these really difficult emotions and like you've mentioned just taking a day off you know on the anniversary date which is mm. like something I'm still learning to do <laughs> you know um like things like that, like how can we be present with grief in our bodies, you think? The thing was, I had never experienced anxiety before. So when I started to, I, it was really like it was physically uncomfortable, you know, like it felt really weird, kind of like jittery and, you know, those kind of fast paced, like overstimulated thoughts and kind of energies in your body. Yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> um, and so... I have definitely learned, like I have this mindset that I always have to remind myself of like over and over and over again to just slow down and to like, I, I just want to, I want my life to be like a visual of, or like the epitome of just like strolling barefoot on a beach. Like I don't want to be, I don't want to rush anywhere. I don't, I don't like to be in a hurry. It's taken me, it took me years like as a teacher to like not over overbook myself and to not drive across town when I have to go into traffic and all of these things and to figure out schedules that worked for me so that I could move at a slow pace because like I don't feel like I'm someone who's naturally inclined to have like a million plates in the air you know and <laughs> trying to do a million things at once I like to be present and I like to be just kind of focused um and if I'm honest, for a little while that I felt like that was lazy, but it just doesn't work for me to be moving too quickly or to be, yeah, to have too much on the go. It doesn't feel good. 
So that's one thing. And I also have really like as much as I love movement and I love a fluid kind of dance, like energetic practice. I also love restorative yoga, (laughs) yin yoga. I do like a lot of pranayam, just really kind of earthing, grounding, um, breath work, nothing too. I don't, I try not to do anything too stimulating. <laughs> really. So like even the past couple nights, I haven't been able to sleep. Like I've, I don't struggle with sleep ever, but I, I haven't slept a wink for the past two nights. It's crazy. And I was laying down with Sunny this afternoon mm-hmm. trying to have a nap and I still couldn't have a nap. And I just realized how fast my breath was. Like I was like, you know, it felt like I wasn't, I wasn't stressed out. Like I wasn't thinking that I was stressed out, but my breath seemed like I was on the verge of like a panic attack. And I have come to understand now that anxiety attacks, they can sneak up on you over like the course of an hour or over the course of a day or a couple of days. And an anxiety attack is the product of your breath slowly but surely picking up pace until essentially, you know, there's like hands clutching your throat, you're hyperventilating, your breath is trying to tell you like, pay attention, you know, your body's trying to tell you pay attention to me, and you haven't been paying attention to it. So then it, you know, gets to this extreme point. And so today, when I was laying with Sunny, I just noticed that. And so I started doing this breath work, just really long, long breath, like taking time breathing in, taking the time breathing out, And I did drift off, actually. It was only for a few minutes, but it felt like it was the first time that I had slept in days. So then just trying to be outside, trying to be in the ocean, be barefoot, watch the sunrise and the sunset. Yeah. Yeah. They're my two favorite times of day (laughs) when the sky is changing. They're yours as well. I know. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And, um... Like if somebody, Sheila, would come to you and say, I've just lost my dad, you yeah. know, like, let's say a same circumstance, what would you tell them? Or what would you, I don't know, I don't want to say advice, because mm. I don't know, maybe that's not right. But like, what, um, what would you recommend for them? You know, I just think that I have a couple of friends, like a couple of good friends here, actually, that two of them are sisters and they have lost, they lost their mother the same year that my father died, but we didn't know each other yet. And then another couple of sisters who lost their father around the same time. And we like, none of us knew each other yet, but we've all kind of come into this circle of friends after we all experienced these losses. And we all like, I mean, I'm sure we would have been friends anyway, but kind of formed this special bond around like knowing what that feels like like we all you know our parents are going to die but you just don't expect that they're going to die you know when they're young right and um I think that I would just tell them to do what they feel they need to do because and I you know I really am so grateful even though I live so far away from my brother I'm so grateful to have a sibling and to and one who I have a good relationship with you know, because he's the only other person who knows what that, you know, what that was like. Without him, nobody else would understand, you know? 
I just, and, and I would tell them to just to talk to their friends and yeah, talk to whoever they have around them. My friends, like, it's weird because none of my people here, like, I mean, they know, they know my mom now because she's been over here a couple of times, but I went through this massive thing, but like none of my friends here knew my family. And so it was like, you know, also that kind of, but they, that type of kind of, they were removed from it a little bit as well. But after my ex and I broke up, it's one of the reasons that I decided to stay here because I didn't really feel like I would be okay without the amazing friends that I had here. I felt like they're the ones that I needed to help me get through it. Oh, it's such an important, like the support system. I know. And it's something I don't, I should, I want, I want to talk just more about, you know, because I know the same for me. Like I wouldn't have gotten through what I've been through if I didn't have, I didn't have good friends, you know? Mm. <laughs> and also, um, do you know this quote? Uh, I forget who said it. Maybe it's like Rod Stryker, but says, if you don't have time to meditate, just, just make sure you have good friends type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, and I'm curious, I get really inspired by knowing other women, like personal tools for self-growth. We've obviously mentioned your yoga practice and, you know, talking to your friends and breathing, a lot of breathing, kind of slow breath. Um, is there anything that anything else you do, like as like tools for self-growth? Well, Prior to being a mama, I did a lot of dancing. <laughs> I dance a little bit at home now, but yeah, I <laughs> loved a good boogie and spent a good portion of my time doing that. I also, like I speak to a psychologist once a month or something, and that's been, that's like a relatively new development, like just from the beginning of this year really, but I have had kind of ongoing, like someone, whether it be Krista Jane or um, different professionals of different wellness realms <laughs> that I've spoken to. And I just think that, I just think like taking care of yourself and doing things that feel good, like taking care of your body, getting body work, getting massages. And, you know, I don't understand really the ins and outs of um, kinesiology or, <laughs> or like that, you know, Reiki or anything. But if you're feeling like when I'm feeling out of balance or off center, whether it's energetically or physically, I do try to source someone and take time to, to get that sorted. I'm a really big advocate for massage. <laughs> Yeah. And thank you for mentioning that because I feel as for us, like as yoga teachers or anybody that literally uses their bodies yeah. as instrument, mm. it should, it, it needs to be a priority, you know, like getting a massage is like a duty. You know? Well, it's just maintenance, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's just me. I, I remember when I just started thinking, I started realizing like, wait a second. Yeah, I use my body. I mean, we all use our bodies, but like I use <laughs> my body like very physically all the time. And A, I need to take care of it like on a professional level, but I want to take care of it because it's my, it's my vessel and you shouldn't have to wait until you're in agony before you go get, you know, get looked after. It's about maintaining, not fixing. 
Amen. Amen <laughs> to that. Um, <laughs> the last few questions are just quick answers. Are you ready, Sheila? I'm ready. Do you have a favorite mantra? Slow down. Do you have a favorite flower? Daisy. Oh. <laughs> how about how about a book that you've read, a favorite book you've read about grief or death? One of my favorite. Do you know Pixie Lighthorse? Yes. Yeah. So I read, like I've got a couple of Pixie's books and maybe about a year ago, I just picked up her Honoring Grief. That book is a perfect example. So there's all of these different prayers for honoring grief of all types. Like it's not, it's not only losing a loved one, you know, there's all of these um, different things that really deserve to be honored when they leave our, when they leave our existence. I don't, I don't have her book, but I, I follow on Instagram and I, now I'm putting a note to get her book because (laughs) I love it. Um, And what about, do you listen to podcasts at all? I know you're a busy mom, but um, do you listen to podcasts at all? I do. I listen to yours. And, <laughs> and you know what? I, I mean, I don't listen to that many, if I'm honest, but I um, listen to one by Kate Hudson called Sibling Revelry, just about, and they just interview her and her brother interview like all these famous people and their siblings, just about like family dynamics and stuff, which I find really interesting. And I, Listen to Rival and Queen from Halifax. I don't know that one. What? So, and I like my a friend of mine was on it, and that's what, and I like saw it on her Instagram. And I don't, I don't know the girls who are who host it, but I think I just I really like listening to <laughs> everybody and their accents, and just like I don't know. I think I mean it's interesting. They just kind of they interview about like a wide array of things. But I feel like it's just, I relate to it or something, just knowing that they're in Halifax. Oh, and sick yeah. boy. I love, I love that you do that. I kind of do that sometimes with like French, <laughs> yeah. like French music or like French things. You just listen, just like, oh, like yeah. <laughs> a song for my soul. Totally. <laughs> and how about like a favorite treat? Do you have, it could be food, but it can be something else. Oh my God. I love treats. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's a, like an amazing gelato place that's very close to my old house. It's a bit of a drive now, but it's just literally like the best. It is the best. That is my favorite, whatever, like they have all these different flavors all the time. And, and it's always so hard to choose because it's all so delicious. Mm, gelato. I know. So <laughs> All right. So my my last question is kind of it's a loaded one, but I have faith. I have faith in you. Okay. I uh, I've been I've been kind of changing the um, the format of it because I I feel this past year or you know since this whole pandemic and you know being kind of more isolated, it's kind of like almost like a new world where like building in a way. And I, I want to know, like knowing now, you know, what you know about grief and like just your own story of processing, you know, grief and death, like what do you wish like women, women to know about its magic and about what we are like almost like rebuilding right now? Well, just what I was saying to you before about like with, you can't have, like the lightest light without 
allowing the darkest dark. You know, it's mm. not that it's not that you only deserve to be you you only deserve the good if bad things have happened to you. But like when when tough things happen, if you bypass them, then you're never gonna you're never gonna go to the other end of the spectrum of that like extreme euphoria. And so, I mean, if we're looking at the state of the world right now, we have to be optimistic, don't we? <laughs> um, and if it's if it's this heavy and it's this dark then like what um, like what beauty is on the other end of that spectrum you know mm-hmm. and even like if you look at the you know the isolation and all of this stuff that happened and i know it was different for everybody and like a lot of people have experienced a lot of hardships and whatnot in that but this coming together and like reconnecting a family and this simplifying and slowing down and you know, moving away from the fast pace work life that everybody is driven by all of the time was very easily seen, like very quickly when we all had to start staying home. People's, I mean, it's frustrating, I'm sure, for a lot of people being at home, but it's also like my partner was at home for two and a half months. He wasn't working. And like, you know, he's got a little two-year-old boy that he's usually gone from nine hours a day. How beautiful is, how beautiful we're no, well, hopefully we'll never have another lockdown. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> it's, it's unlikely that that's going to happen again. You know, that, that type of time. Mm, I believe, I believe that too. I love, yeah, the, the closeness and the yeah. simplicity. I want to thank you for your time. And I, I know you don't, you don't share this often and it's such a, it, you're such a gift and your story is such a gift. And, Already, I, I when I was listening to you, I know I find myself in your story, and I I think so many women will find themselves in in your story, and so I want to just thank you for the privilege to hear it out, and um, and your presence, and you're so just so knowledgeable, and I'm just so. I'm just so proud to call you my friend. <laughs> I really am. And um, I want to know how, like, how can we support you? And where can you, where can we find you? <laughs> where can you find me? Well, I'm Sheila Ferguson Yoga on Instagram. And that's, um, that's all I have. I've also, I've just actually, speaking of simplifying, I've just, expired my web page and and everything just kind of moving away from feeling like I need to self promote like promote myself as a business instead of just mm-hmm. you know I just want to um like I'm still teaching but I just want to be a mom and not have to only be identified as a yoga teacher but mm-hmm. you I'm still Sheila Ferguson yoga on Instagram <laughs> and if you're ever in Brisbane hit me up and I'll tell you where you can physically find me. <laughs> you got it. You got it. And I'll, and I'll be back. And I'll be yeah, back. Yeah. Again, thank you so much. And we'll see you soon, Sheila. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Beautiful. Bye. This podcast was produced by Tosh Taylor of the Podcast Hub Productions. Find her online at podcasthub.ca.